Hello everyone, welcome back to the Busy Blooming Podcast. If you guys are new, my name's Tess, I'm 24, I live downtown Toronto. I'm currently sitting in my pink sweatsuit. It's Sunday morning, I had a very busy weekend because the patios are now open in Toronto, which is just after eight months of being inside, having a patio drink is truly it's truly life-changing. So anyways, that's um, that's where I'm at. But anyways, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. We have Janelle Abrahami on the podcast. We chatted about so many different great topics about post-grad life and being in your 20s. We chatted about taking control of your life, having no regrets, doing what you want, mapping out your career, taking control of your future. And this episode, it just gets me fired up and so inspired. And after I interviewed her, I honestly was like questioning my entire life. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Um, If you guys are new, I wanted to just quickly um, introduce Busy Blooming. This is our seventh episode of the podcast, which I just, I can't believe we've already done seven episodes. It's gone by so fast, but every Monday morning, I feel like there's a new chunk of people listening, and this podcast has quickly grown into one of our biggest busy blooming platforms. So thank you guys so much for being here and for listening every week. I hope you guys have been enjoying the guests um, and the interviews as much as we have been enjoying producing this podcast. Um, So busy blooming. If you guys don't know, I'll just quickly 10 second intro to it. And I started busy blooming in November, 2020, and it started as a Facebook group just filled with women in postgrad or women in their 20s to connect pretty much on anything that happens in this time in our lives. We also have grown into a blog. So we have weekly blog posts, free resume templates on their website, busyblooming.ca. We have an Instagram account with daily posts and takeover Tuesdays from the community. We have a LinkedIn and of course we have a podcast now, which is just so exciting. It's been so much fun to hear from other women in their 20s and just talk about postgrad life and job hunting and feeling just, you know, all of the feelings about this time in our lives. I think, you know, your 20s and being in postgrad is such a weird, confusing time and just there's so many thoughts and feelings and everyone just goes through it differently. So it's just been so great to have a community of other women who also feel all the feelings that we're all going through. So yeah, make sure to join the Facebook group, follow their Instagram and join the busy blooming community please if you can um, leave us a podcast review it makes a huge huge difference to the podcast if you get more reviews Um, so if you have a second when you're listening to this um, either now or after if you have a chance please leave a review it makes a huge difference so with all that being said I hope you guys are doing well and let's get into the interview with Janelle okay I'm so excited to be sitting here with Janelle welcome to the busy blooming podcast hey thank you for having me I feel like we just have so much to talk about so much to discuss when I saw your profile just like a week ago I guess I thought you'd be such a good fit and I think you you just have so much knowledge to give us (laughs) and give all the listeners (laughs) nice let's get into it yeah um okay so before we get into it do you want to just um take a second introduce yourself let's just learn about you sure 
I'm Janelle Brahami. I am a career coach for millennials looking to clarify their career goals and maybe pivot into a different job or industry. Uh, I have about 10 years experience coaching and counseling folks on uh, bringing their best selves to work and finding work that fits best for them. I do that uh, with one-on-one -on -one clients in my career coaching practice and through a group career coaching course that I have called Pivot with Purpose, specifically for career changers. Wow. I love that. I love the bring your best self to work. That's, I want to dive into that more. Oh, we will. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Okay. And so this podcast, the busy blooming podcast, it's all about being a woman in our twenties and just figuring, you know, figuring life out the best we can. So a question we ask every guest is what is something, if you could go back to yourself at 18, what is something you would tell yourself at 18? Yeah, I really loved this question. I, it's about, I'm exactly 10 years after uh, okay. being 18. I'm 28 right now, mm -hmm. soon to be 29. And I really wish that I could tell my 18 year old self to just trust what seems interesting to you and not, yeah. uh, as they say, like should all over yourself, not mm -hmm. just like get into things or pursue opportunities because I think I should, or because I think they make, make sense, or it's what my family wants me to do, or it would look best on a resume. I really wish I could go back and tell myself, like, if that weird random thing seems interesting to you and you feel like you mm -hmm. could be really good at it or really enjoy it and feel happy while you're doing it, try it. Like mm -hmm. the world changes so quickly that what you think doesn't make sense or isn't a viable opportunity or path right now probably will be the next biggest thing in a couple of years. Yeah. I love that. That's a really, really good one. I think too, like there's so much pressure when we're 18 you, I feel like you just, your idea of what you can do is so small and like, exactly. you're only really seeing what, what you're surrounded by. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's great. I love that. Okay. So your Instagram bio is so captivating. When I looked at it, it was like <laughs> pivoting into your dream job as a millennial or something. And I yeah. just, I love that. I, I think that is so cool. So could you maybe just take a step back and, and break down for the listeners? Like how does someone clarify their career goals? Like as someone in their twenties, like what do you specifically need to think about when you're kind of mapping out your career goals? Yeah, I really like to help my clients first, like you said, just take another step back and mm -hmm. think about what are your life goals? What mm -hmm. do you actually want to achieve long-term? What does long-term success look like for you in life? Like what are the financial goals you wanna hit? What are your family goals? What about travel? How do you wanna spend your time? What other goals do you have for the future regardless of whether they fall into like work or not work? what does success look like for you? And what do you actually want to achieve with your life? And then mm -hmm. how do you see work fitting into all of that? So mm -hmm. a lot of the times we can find if we don't do this exercise, we can find that some of our goals are contradictory to themselves where we say we want to be stay at home parents, but also make a six to seven figure salary being like an executive right. at a top firm. Those yeah. don't really go hand in hand. Right. <laughs> uh, totally. So it's important to figure out like what is actually success for mm -hmm. you. What is actually the most meaningful, meaningful thing. And then once you kind of have a better idea of what you want your life to look like, you can mm -hmm. then decide based on what's true for you, how you want work to fit into that. And again, that goes back to like the expectations that we were talking about before and how when we're younger, we really use expectations of others to drive our decisions. And so we might be going down a path that we think we want, but then 
30, 40 years down the line, we run the risk of looking up and saying like, wait, I wanted to do this other thing. Or I mm -hmm. actually didn't want to have a family. And I wish that I didn't get married so young. And I mm -hmm. wish that I didn't have children so young, but I thought that I should. But now I didn't get that like career that I wanted in all these different like mm -hmm. international cities, or maybe the, the opposite is true. And you chased a, a career goal or a title goal or mm -hmm. uh, an industry accolade, which you thought you really wanted, or you thought was really important, but instead you wake up and you think, wait, but I actually wanted to spend more time with my family. I actually right. wanted to take five weeks vacation every year and I didn't get to do yeah. that. Or, so I would actually encourage folks instead of clarifying, thinking they needed to first clarify their career goals, clarify your life goals first, and then see where work fits into that. And then once you understand what you're looking for holistically and long-term, then you can think about what does that actual career look like? I also encourage my mm -hmm. clients to think about their career as like the long-term legacy that they will leave right. instead of just a job because a career is a collection of jobs and each job builds upon the next and the next and the next to create a career that you're really proud of mm -hmm. so that also takes a lot of pressure off of feeling like one job needs to be the be all end all and like you need to derive all your right. happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction from your current job if you release that expectation and think i'm in it for the long game and mm -hmm. there will be twists and turns and the career might sound different and it might be called something different in a couple of years but ultimately i'll have left the impact that i wanted to leave mm -hmm. then you take so much pressure off yourself and then you can actually think about okay what does that mean for me in my day-to-day -day? what yeah. activities make me feel energized what tasks do i feel like i'm in flow what tasks do i feel like i'm using my strengths and my skills that i love instead of the opposite which are tasks and responsibilities that just make you feel drained and disengaged mm -hmm. So the way that I think about it is like to starting with an in uh, an inverted pyramid, like a funnel and thinking okay. about like broadest life goals yeah. and like long-term career goals. And then what does that mean for an actual job that you're looking for? There's so much to break down. Like that is so interesting to think of it that way. I, I love that. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Like thinking about your life goals first and then how your career slots in there. Do you find that it's, it's common for people and millennials or people in their twenties to kind of, you know, maybe get stuck a little bit because they were so career focused. Do you think it's common? Yeah, I do. Uh, even for myself included, mm -hmm. I got really stuck in thinking about something that I thought that I wanted or a trajectory that I thought I wanted to follow mm -hmm. and then got really burnt out and realized mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to find fulfillment on that path. And yeah. that was like the forcing function for me to step back and think like, what do you actually want for your life? And then yeah. is what you're on pat on track to achieve? Does that make sense for what you say you want? And it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I was working full time in uh, many different HR jobs. I have almost a 10 year career in HR and learning and development and organizational behavior and mm -hmm. studying why people work the jobs that they work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I actually wanted to do was help individuals figure that out on like a mm -hmm. custom basis and like work with people one-on-one -on -one and not mm -hmm. really have to be an advocate for a certain company, but just truly get down to the basics of like helping one other individual or a group of other like-minded individuals figure out their goals. So I do mm -hmm. think it's common for us to get stuck in one job and also get stuck in the mentality that like, mm -hmm. all right, I'll see what this job has to offer. And then like, hopefully it'll lead to the next one and then it'll lead to the next one. But that's such a yeah. passive way to approach your career. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest 
uh, I think like something that I am the biggest advocate for is like creating your future instead of just like letting it happen. That's why Mm. I called my, I have a weekly newsletter about personal and professional growth called the audacity. And it's really just about like having the audacity to just like go out and make it happen for yourself instead of letting it happen to you. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of us get stuck is just thinking that one job will lead to the next and it will take care of itself. And then that's when we become very dissatisfied. That's when we wish we had made different choices or wish that we had been a little bit more strategic from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so empowering to think that way because I, I feel like myself included, we do get into this mindset of like, it seems so important to be like the certain title or certain role when you get into companies and you do almost lose sight of what you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what you said about taking control of your future and do have control over your own life and you don't have to just see what happens, which I think is fine. Like for people who maybe are more, you know, everyone's yeah. different, go with the flow, but I, I love that. So how far out, like, would you, would your clients map out their career? Like, is it kind of like, from now until retirement? Like, what do you want to do on your last day? Or like, how do you map out like someone's goals? That's a great question. And I don't think there's a one size fits all solution there. I think it definitely Mm -hmm. depends on the individual and what their appetite is for really, you know, planning things. I have clients that are like, okay, but what's the 20 year plan? (laughs) And for those individuals have to be like, you don't know. I don't yeah. know. We didn't know in 2019 what 2020 was going to look like. No one had that in the cards. And that upended mm-hmm. a lot of people's plans. Mm-hmm. However, you can have an ultimate goal and mm-hmm. be flexible with how you get there. I love this quote, um, be steadfast with your goal, but flexible with your methods. And I think that mm-hmm. is such a beautiful thing to apply to your career that yeah. once you've identified like your long-term life goals, your long-term career goals, you know, your North star, but you mm-hmm. have to have the flexibility to roll with the punches, understand that doors are going to close, other windows are going to open and just like take the next most logical step that you think is going to get you where you want to go. Like make an educated guess an right. educated risk, and then just be flexible enough to deal with how the cards fall from there. Yeah. That's so, that's such good advice. I think, yeah. Like if you have one thing kind of guiding you, it's, you probably won't get there the way you think you will. And I think you won't. Yeah. And I I think people switch careers so many times, but it it doesn't really matter because if your goal isn't like, it probably doesn't really matter as much, but all the titles that you have with that, you know, one thing guiding you probably doesn't really have much to do with that at all. So I love that. And maybe this is just me, but like, if I did have a 20 year plan and everything worked out exactly mm-hmm. how I wrote it down on paper, that would be so boring. I know. <laughs> like where's the fun <laughs> in like predicting the future like that? Like you have yeah. to have a couple of curveballs to be like, oh wow, I navigated that. I mm-hmm. like did not see that coming, but I got through it. I was swift. I was savvy. I was mm-hmm. audacious. I figured it out. And like, look, I'm in a place that I never anticipated for myself, but I'm actually even closer to that North Star goal mm-hmm. than I would be had I like followed the plan that I sketched out. Because that's the thing. We also, our brains and our imaginations are often so limited. 
especially mm-hmm. by the time we like get into our 20s we're a little bit jaded by college and adulthood yeah, and like totally. we don't have that like wild imagination that we used to have mm-hmm. so how could we possibly think of the opportunities and the possibilities that could present themselves to us how do we think that we know better about like what life or the universe is going to throw at us yeah to say that like I could plan my life perfectly on a sheet of paper mm-hmm. or are we to say that like what's actually in store for us isn't just so much better right Yeah. I love that. That's so true. (laughs) Yeah. And I think sometimes we think we know what we want, but you actually don't until you see it or experience it. And I think even like, I've only been in the career world for three years and I've already switched like from marketing to project management, to writing back to marketing. Cause it's like, you almost like I have felt this rush of like, I need to personally like brand myself almost is like I'm a person who works at marketing or I'm this I work at a big four company and I think that's what a lot of people can feel like coming out of post-grad it's like you need your identity back your identity is now lost it's not in university and you need to almost find it and I think if you take a step back like you said and think about okay what do I actually want to do with my life that is almost replacing this loss of identity because that is comforting to know that you're, you know, following this path. So, yeah. And here's the thing about a personal brand is that it's one thing to have um, a really impactful Instagram bio that tells people Mm -hmm. what you do. It's one thing to have um, a captivating like LinkedIn bio and headline. That's one very small Mm -hmm. part of your personal brand. It's one very small part of your personal brands to, um, you know, go to a mixer and say, hey, I'm Janelle, I'm a career coach and I help millennials pivot into their dream jobs. That's Mm -hmm. great. And it's like, I've practiced that and I've landed Mm -hmm. on something that feels true to me, but my real personal brand is what people experience of me when they're with me. And it's what Mm -hmm. I repeatedly and constantly talk about, share, engage people in, bring up study get curious about like that is your real personal brand are the things Mm -hmm. that like you repeatedly share and let people know that you're interested in Mm -hmm. so you could be the girl that works at a big four firm but are you like that's one part of your personal brand but if you're also the person who constantly is bringing up uh the latest in uh bitcoin and like cryptocurrency and like (laughs) oh my gosh i saw this coolest thing or like are you following this like Twitter trends that's coming on or like, Mm -hmm. did you hear about the big thing? Like I would actually associate you more as like a future of finance kind of person than a big four person, even though that's what's on your LinkedIn bio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so much more than just your job. I think that's what people maybe don't realize when it comes to your personal brand. And I think for me too, like it's just, it's all the parts of you. And I think what you're saying too, it's, is parts that stand out the most, which is what makes your personal brand. It's not maybe your job title, which you might think might be the most important, but it's whatever you're, yeah, interested in talking about. I I love that. Yeah. And it's not what you think. Your personal brand is not what you think it is. It's what Mm -hmm. other people think it is. The only important part about your personal brand is what other people think it is. Right. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you have this (laughs) perfect idea of what you want to be known as in your head. If other people do not experience you that way, then that's not your personal brand. Hmm. Yeah. And I guess we all have a personal brand, even if we need to or not. Right. Like it's exactly. almost yeah. like <laughs> a missed opportunity. If, if you're, maybe you're coming across a certain way or talking about things you don't realize, like it is a really important check-in temperature check to yeah. be like, okay, what, maybe what are people perceiving me as? Like, I need totally. to think about this. And that's so interesting. How do you find that 
personal branding like um can affect your career path like do you think it's something Mm -hmm. you need to really like sit back and figure out or is it kind of one of those things that will just happen being me and my personality and the fact that like I'm all about audacity and like creating (laughs) your own path and like taking matters into your own hands I do agree with what you just said that like not being intentional about your personal brand is a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. and so I think what can happen in your career if you're working like a corporate job and you have a boss and you have leadership that is looking at the talent within their their department within their organization and thinking how are these going people how are these people going to succeed on this team and what is their trajectory here mm-hmm. there are decision makers behind closed doors that are making decisions about your career mm-hmm. and they're making those decisions based on the information that you present to them about how you're performing which is just based on your performance and whether you're doing your job well or not mm-hmm. and what you're interested in and where you want to go and that mm-hmm. is based on what you tell them Mm-hmm. They can only make decisions in your best interest if they know what you want. And they yeah. can only know what you want if you make that known. If you make that known based on what you volunteer for, what you raise your hand for, what you share in meetings, what you share on like a casual Slack group, like, hey, I found this really right. interesting article. Or like, did anyone see this happen last weekend? Or what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this thing that's happening in our industry? Or in your one-on-one with your manager or your mid-year review that's coming, probably coming up in the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, saying like, these are the projects that I have felt super excited about. I would love to do more of this. Mm -hmm. Or thank you so much for the opportunity to do this project. I think I did a good job, but it didn't really light me up in the way that I expected it to. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more interested in this other thing Mm -hmm. here. So without telling people what you really want, this is a long-winded way of saying, like without telling people what you're after, who you are, what interests you, they can only make decisions based on what they know. Right. Wow. I feel like I'm mind blown already. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I worked in HR for a long time Mm -hmm. and it has blown my mind, Mm -hmm. like being on both ends of the table, both sides of the table as like the employee, but also as the, uh, person within a function that makes employee decisions Mm -hmm. that like, you have to be your own biggest advocate. Mm -hmm. You have to be, otherwise your career is going to go wherever someone else says that it should go. Mm -hmm but they don't know you like, you know, you, they cannot advocate for you. Like you can advocate for yourself. And if you, if you have done the diligence and you've done the work, like we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation to figure out where you want to go, why wouldn't you go the, the next step to tell people where you want to go? A plan is only as good as like who you share it with and how you actually act on that plan. Yeah. I find that I get DMS and I have felt this way is where you know, you're, you're post-grad, maybe you graduated a few years ago, just graduated. And I think a lot of people struggle with comparison. Like you compare what you're doing to what your friend's doing. Your friend just got a job at this big firm. Like, I think that causes a lot of people to feel lost and just like they, maybe they don't know what they really want to do. And it's really hard to know to someone listening who maybe is feeling like, I don't know what my personal brand is. I don't know what I want to do. Like, what are the steps to take to kind of iron that out and figure that out honestly comparison is such a sickness like it is a syndrome it's one that like I I uh tackle pretty much every day I'm constantly comparing myself to my peers as an entrepreneur that's like Mm -hmm. another layer on top of that which I know you can probably relate to Mm -hmm. as 
someone who's actually producing something, whether mm-hmm, it's a podcast, totally. whether it's like coaching content, whether it's a coaching course or mm-hmm. building relationships, like you're constantly looking around and like, how are they doing it? Okay. But they're further along, mm-hmm. but they, they're doing it better. Or they're getting more recognition mm-hmm. for me. That's like a huge, uh, I feel like recognition is like a poison for, mm-hmm. for some and just speaking mm-hmm. personally that like, that's such a product of our just like culture of seeing everyone's highlight reels. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know that we've all heard this before, but like, there is really no other way to say this because it Mm -hmm. is so true that like people are only showing you what they want to show you. Mm -hmm. They're not showing you crying on the bathroom floor Mm -hmm. after a very hard conversation with their manager. They're not Mm -hmm. like showing you uh, their beet red cheeks after getting negative feedback from Mm -hmm. like a VP they're not showing you the rejection emails piling up in their inbox and they're trying to apply for new jobs. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're only showing you like popping champagne when they get this like promotion or this raise or like going on vacation to celebrate a new job. But the same lows that you are experiencing in your career and like navigating your twenties are the exact same lows that other people are experiencing as well. If you feel like your accomplishments aren't special based on everyone else's, then you're like the, the low points and your failures are also not special. And that's a good mm-hmm. thing because everyone else is experiencing those same failures and mm-hmm. or what feel like failures or the yeah. lows as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that it's so true. It, it's so common. I, I think that's what people need to realize is everyone's comparing themselves to everybody else and it's not just you. And I don't know, I think a lot of the times, like, like you said, we, we all know social media is fake, but for me, like as somebody posts YouTube videos all the time and TikToks and Instagram, like I I don't show the parts of my job, like for multiple reasons, but I think no one is showing the bad parts is even if they are a little bit, I'm sure it's more. Yeah. Yeah. But something that's helped to me, like this sounds cliche, but it really does help me is journaling, even though me too. Uh, like sometimes I have nothing to say, but it's, I especially try to at least like journal a little bit, like a page mm-hmm. in those exact moments where I'm feeling mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, I'm not good enough. Or like, I'm, I'm still not there. I'm still not where I want to mm-hmm. be. Or like, how could I have not gotten this thing that I thought I deserved right. or wanted? Like I sit down and actually journal exactly like the, the stream of consciousness, the thought dump mm-hmm. a, so yeah. I can capture it and look back at it later and B just so like, it's out there. And I can mm-hmm. process it in like a somewhat productive way instead mm-hmm. of just letting it like simmer mm-hmm. that. And another thing that my therapist really helped me do is, uh, I would tell her that I was just like afraid to burden my friends or the people that I was close with, with my challenges. Like I mm-hmm. didn't want to be like the downer friend, or I didn't mm-hmm. want to be the one who was like upset or mm-hmm. I experienced, uh, I've been experiencing depression f- since I was in college. And it's something that helped me that's why I went to therapy in the first Mm -hmm. place and I experienced like a very uh like a pretty significant bout of depression last year during Mm -hmm. the pandemic which is Mm -hmm. I know a lot of other people went through and I was so afraid to just reach out to my friends for support when I was in those moments because I didn't want to be the depressed friend I didn't Mm want to be like the sad friend right but my therapist helped me realize like they want to hear those things. They Mm -hmm. want to help you. They want to comfort you. Like if your friend were to come to you and text you, Hey, I'm having a really bad go of it right now. Like I'm just so in my head. I just feel like I can't do anything right. It's not feeling good. I really need some support. How would you receive that? 
Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for telling me. How can I help you? What support mm-hmm. do you need? Do you want to come over? Do you just want me to like send you a funny meme? Do you want to vent? Mm-hmm. Like you would embrace yeah. that and welcome mm-hmm. it if they were your friend. And yeah. so why did I feel like they weren't willing to do that for me? And that mm-hmm. it's easier said than done. It's easier said than like really feeling in the moment. But I try to remember that like people want to be there for you. The people who love you want to be there for you mm-hmm. when you're in those down moments. Yeah. I mean, what's helped you with, with comparison syndrome? Yeah, I think something that's helped me a couple things, like, I guess comparison really stems from, you know, wanting more than what you have now or wanting to change what you have now. And I think for me taking a step back and I love journaling, I'm a huge journaling advocate and just almost listing out like some gratitudes of like, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for my job, my family, like whatever it is. Um, I think that helps me a lot. I think that's something that we all, struggle with is in this society of, you know, everything's more and more and more. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really healthy to take a step back and realize what you have. And I think that definitely helps with comparison a lot. I think also just realizing that there is somebody out there looking at you comparing, like thinking they want what you have, or they want to be like you, even though it's like a weird thing to think about, it is true. And I think we all have somebody looking at us or Instagram or whatever, and like comparing themselves to us, Um, which I mean, isn't like a good feeling, but I think it's just the reality. Like we're all looking at each other. Yeah. I think it's neutral. Like it's not good or bad, but like it's neutral and it really just depends or it takes on meaning based on like how we treat that fact yeah like if we can be conscious of the fact that like oh there are people out there you know looking at us in this podcast that you've built and the people that you're connecting with in the community that you're creating and being really inspired by it how are you then going to use that information and proceed are you going to yeah. use that to like as drive to keep creating to keep doing mm-hmm. your best work and to keep like welcoming people in or are you going to use it to feed your ego and feel superior right. and feel like you're better than everyone like it's your choice. And I obviously feel like you'll do the former, but like, yeah, it's it's that information that people are comparing themselves to you too, is not good or bad. It's just neutral. It depends on like how you use that information. That's so, that's such a good point. Yeah. It is weird to think about though. They're like, Oh, I'm so busy focusing on other people and how I'm not like them that I forget that some people might be looking at me and thinking like, how is she doing that? Or that's really cool. It's like when you're on a Zoom call with a bunch of people, like you're you're just looking at yourself. You're like, just <laughs> looking at yourself. Everyone I have else. It's so hard to hide self view lately. I'm just I like, know. I can't, like, get over yourself. Here's yeah. another thing I would go back and tell my 18 year old self is that, like, the bad news is that nobody cares. Yeah. Like, nobody totally. cares. But the good news is yeah. nobody cares. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, no yes. one's really paying that much attention to you. No. no one's really paying that much attention to what you're wearing, how your hair is, what decisions you make, what you're majoring in, who your boyfriend or girlfriend is. Yes. No one really cares. And that it's can be so, so liberating. <laughs> yes. It's so true. And I watched this, like, I think it was on TikTok, this, like, Billie Eilish quote, and she was like, you know, we're all just going to be dead one day and no one's yeah. going to remember who we are. So like, just do whatever you want. And I think that's so like liberating. And I think she said something about like, leave the legacy you want to leave. Like no one's even going to like, remember you, like yes. they're going to remember your legacy. And it's so true. I think we get so caught up in like just weird mindsets that are so like they trap us. And yeah. I think it's good to like, take a step back and remember that, like do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> like why legacy. not go for it? 
Mm-hmm. It is yeah. true, and it, it is not if it is, but like it is true that we are all going to die. It's true mm-hmm. that like our lives will be over at some point. This is taking a turn, but I promise <laughs> to bring it back. <laughs> but like, why the hell not do what that thing that you want to do? Yeah. Why the hell not go for it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I know this is like kind of getting off topic, but I was filming a video the other day and um, I was chatting about like having a YouTube channel and having, or having a side hustle and working a full-time job. And I asked mm-hmm. for questions and all of the questions were like, um, well, how, how could you possibly do that? Knowing people like are looking at you and thinking and judging you. What was your answer? I said, by, by thinking that way, you're letting other people's opinions control your life. Like you're making decisions based yeah. on other people who you probably don't even know. So I think it's like, you need to take control of your life and and do what you want. And I think surround yourself with people who support you and and don't let like, you know, these random people's opinions control your decisions. It's your life. And I think it gets, it's obviously easier said than done. Like we've all had our moments, but I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that as well. Like, you know, being on Instagram and social media of course we all think about people from high school or college or thinking but Mm -hmm. we probably won't even see them so yeah you probably won't even see them or they're probably watching your shift or like the new type of stuff that you're putting out there or like the direction that you're moving into and thinking hey that's actually really cool I could use this information Mm -hmm. I was really scared uh when I decided to like go all into career coaching Mm -hmm. and decide to like create my own business to start posting that kind of stuff on Instagram Mm -hmm. and like switch from a purely personal like vacation and food pics (laughs) account to like hey I have job search advice hey I have personal brand advice hey this is how you network and I'm gonna like put out consistent content on Instagram about that Mm -hmm. I was and I honestly to be completely honest I still am I do still feel like this, these nerves Me too. that like my high school friends or my college friends or like my old roommates, boyfriends, friends who I don't even connect Mm -hmm. with anymore are going to see what I'm putting out there being like, she's trying too hard. Like she wants to be an influencer. Who does she think she is? Like, (laughs) does she think that we care? However, and maybe they do think that maybe they do. And like, if they don't tell me, then I don't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? If I don't hear it, then I don't care. But what also happened was people from high school, people from college, old coworkers, old roommates, boyfriends, friends Mm -hmm. have reached out and said like, thank you for sharing this Mm -hmm. in a non-ironic way. Like not like in a purely like genuine way saying like, I'm really glad you shared that. Like I actually did need this information. I Mm -hmm. did need this advice. I needed this tip. I'm going to use this. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I actually have a, a a folder in my photo album on my phone of screenshots of those messages Mm -hmm. to just remind me that like, it's worth it. Yeah. What you really want to put out there is worth putting out there because someone is receiving it in the Mm -hmm. way that you want it, want to want it to be received. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I said that right. (laughs) Totally. I love that. And I think like, I am a hundred percent certain people look at my Instagram and laugh and think it's stupid, but that's okay. the thing is people aren't always going to get it. Like they're not going to get what you do and it's okay. Like there's lots of stuff people do that I don't get at all. And I think you just, you have, as you get older, I think you create these worlds of you, you just become, you know, involved in different communities and Mm -hmm. interests and they grow. And I think it's okay that people don't get it. Like they probably never will. And and that's fine. And, um, I think too, it with the influencer stuff, like it's only the people, you know, in real life, that you're holding so much weight on their opinion, like anybody else who doesn't mm-hmm. know you 
like I went to your Instagram, like, wow, this is amazing. Like, these are so many great tips. Like I need to have the podcast, but it's like that those are the people you're trying to connect with. It's not like random people from high school. So really who cares? (laughs) Literally who cares? (laughs) Not us. Of course, easier said than done. But like, this also goes back to the the uh, importance of like a personal brand is that like Mm -hmm. what good is having a personal brand if you're letting other people dictate what it is Mm -hmm. then that's actually not your personal brand if Mm -hmm. I like pandered to or like highly highly edited and filtered and tiptoed around the kind of content I wanted to create so that it was like palatable and easily digestible for everyone or Mm -hmm. just like what I knew no one would have any issue with, which I also think is impossible, mm-hmm. then that wouldn't be my personal brand. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't be memorable in any way. And mm-hmm. no one would think, hey, I need really, I need some help with my career or like, I need someone to help me with uh, personal branding or I need help like revamping my LinkedIn. Who should I go to? Janelle, obviously, because yeah. that's what she talks about all the time. Yeah. If I didn't, then people would not know. <laughs> and I wouldn't yeah. have the business that I'm so passionate about. I wouldn't have the relationships that I love forming. I wouldn't spend my days talking about the things that I love Mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. Like right now, if I hadn't been posting those things and sharing what I know, my expertise, then you wouldn't have found me and we wouldn't be having this conversation. So Mm -hmm. it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And I think like we do probably make so many decisions that you don't realize you're making because you're like wanting a certain reaction from people. Like even when we take jobs, it's like, a lot of the times, and I, I can totally relate to this. It's like when I was working at the big four, when I got that job offer, I'm like, I can't wait to like put on my LinkedIn. Like I can't mm-hmm. wait to like for people's reactions, like what they're going to mm-hmm. say. And like, every time someone asked me, asked me where I worked, I'm like, oh, I work here. Like you just, yeah. it's like, honestly, that was probably the best part of that job <laughs> was yeah. talent with people's opinions. And it's like, if you don't care, if you truly make decisions, not based on what people think, like, what would you do? Like, would you do the same things? Mm, that's and it's such think, a powerful question. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so important to think about. And I think it's just natural. We all care what people think, but yeah. One hard, caveat you know. I'll say though, is that like, for some folks, one of their values and like, I, whenever I, I start working with a new uh, career coaching client, we always start with like pinpointing their personal values um, mm-hmm. and like an exercise and like actually getting clear on like what is actually important to you in life. Mm-hmm. And someone could very well value status, prestige, yeah. recognition, yeah. Um, a title. Like for some mm-hmm. folks, that is what they, that is a, that's a value for them and that matters to them. And mm-hmm. that's perfectly okay Mm -hmm. that's actually like not a bad thing if that's Mm -hmm. truly what motivates them and that's truly what gives them an intrinsic sense of accomplishment and success and uh Mm -hmm. fulfillment however Mm -hmm. if that isn't actually one of your values but you think it should be and you think that like you have something to prove and it's in misalignment with your personal values then you get into like the situation that you were in that I've been in the past where it's like Mm -hmm. okay that's great after a couple days when no one's really like applauding my LinkedIn update anymore (laughs) like and like the sheen wears off now I'm stuck doing this job yeah now (laughs) you have to do it yeah yeah no it's so true um so going back to what we were chatting about before like to someone who maybe wouldn't know those values you were talking about, like what are the steps they should take? Like, should they go on Google and look through job postings and figure out what they want to do that way? Or like talk to people, like, what do you think is the best way to like kind of figure it out if you have no idea? 
Yeah. So as it pertains to values, I would Mm -hmm. say there are a lot of like just very free lists out there on Mm -hmm. the internet of just like types of personal values or like 50 values or like charts. Like I have a chart that I, I sent to my clients, but I also encourage them to like get creative and add things that aren't on there or like condense a couple of, uh, related values together that means something different to them but I would say um, the exercise that I ask them to go through is like circling everything that resonates with them everything that they Mm -hmm. think like yeah that could be a core value to me then um, whittling that list down to your top 15 Mm -hmm. then asking yourself what are these 15 words actually mean to me what what is the definition of this in my brain to my life Mm -hmm. instead of just like taking it at face value And that's when we learn that a value, values mean different things to every single person. Mm -hmm. So like one of my values uh, is curiosity. Mm -hmm. And that means something totally different to me than it does to my mom or my former roommate or my best friend. And Mm -hmm. so I want folks, I want my clients to actually tell me, what does this word mean to you? And then once you have that definition, let's whittle that uh, list of 15 values down to five to seven values. Mm -hmm. So that it's like your absolute core values Um, with those definitions it's most likely that some of those words will be a combination of other things on the chart and like you'll you'll evolve this list over time it doesn't have to stay stagnant like as you come into different seasons of life but like let's just get really clear about like what are your like Mm non-negotiables non-negotiable values Um, like write them on a sticky note put them on your mirror like put them somewhere where you're going to see it every day on the fridge near the tv whatever and have the, let those guide you for a mm-hmm. couple of days, a couple of weeks, um, a couple of months, like let just those values guide you. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to think about more tactical things as they pertain to a job, like the skills that you want to be using, right? the skills that you have that you want to apply to your next job, skills that you have that you are good at, but don't want to use. <laughs> like you mm-hmm. could be like the best pivot tabler table pivoter, <laughs> however you want to like put that into a now. You could be the person like most skilled at pivot tables in Excel, yeah. but it could also make your brain numb. And like if yes. anyone comes to you saying like, hey, can you do this pivot table for me? You're gonna like, honestly, just fire. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like just because you're good at it doesn't mean you want to use it. So yeah. then let's get clear on the skills that you want to use. Let's get mm-hmm. clear on the type of environment you want to be working in. Like what are some other uh, parts of the organization that are important to you? Do you need to be working at like a large company with 500 to a thousand employees or a thousand to 10,000 employees all across the world? Or would you feel more energized and more comfortable at a place with like 50 to a hundred employees mm-hmm. where like, you know, everybody's name and like you have uh, relationships outside of work and like you, you know more about their lives instead of just being like one of a million or yeah. how important is the dress code to where you yeah. work like that could be such a simple thing but I feel like especially now in 2021 like that's becoming a much bigger thing like do you yeah like to put on a business formal outfit and like feel like okay I've got my pumps on I got my suit on like I am ready to take on the world yeah great yes if you actually feel so much more comfortable like in a t-shirt jeans and Birkenstocks like me then like maybe you want to look for an organization where you can wear whatever you want and like it doesn't impact your reputation or like people aren't looking at you weird if you like come in a little bit more casual one day and mm-hmm. things like that. So they're tying it all together. <laughs> First, I would love for someone to like get clear on their values and what actually guides mm-hmm. them and then get a little bit more tactical about the type of work, the type of organization, the type of environment, all of the different factors that come into your work life and get clear on what's important to you right now. And again, like we were talking about before, 
knowing that that could change and just being Mm -hmm. comfortable with that flexibility and knowing that like, okay, later on in my career, I could want something different and I will make the necessary changes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. That I love that aligning your choices and job, like with your values, like starting there, I think that is so important. And I think that's something I'm sure a lot of people don't spend time doing is thinking through those things. And yeah. okay, it's so- not something they tell, they tell us to do in college. It's not something they no. tell us to do in high school. And if they did, that would be amazing. But like, maybe you went to one, uh, like seminar or event at your like career counseling mm-hmm. center at school. They're like, what are your values? And then you never use it again, but like yeah. just something that they don't actually help us work through that they don't actually guide us through mm-hmm. in school, even though like it actually is the foundation of our satisfaction, our motivation and our just like happiness with yeah. our careers and our work. Yeah. So if, if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I don't think I'm in a spot right now. Like maybe where I want to be, maybe I'm in a job or whatever. That's not aligning with my values. Like how do you pivot into mm-hmm. something else? Like it's kind of scary to think about, right? Like it's so comfy to be in these companies and your job, but if you truly want to make that jump, like how do you even go about that? Yeah. I always, always ask myself and invite my clients to ask themselves why, what's the why behind it? So like everything we talk about, it always has to be like coming back to a why, a reason, an intention. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, ask yourself, why do I feel the need to pivot into something new? Is it because things are really challenging right now? Is it because I'm burnt out? Is it because I don't feel um, recognized or appreciated? If that's the case, but you actually do enjoy the work that you're doing and you do enjoy the company that you do that work, Maybe there are little things that you can change to create a better environment, a uh, more positive experience for yourself with oh, pivoting. Mm-hmm. If you know, deep in your bones, that, like I can't do this type of work anymore. I can't do it here. I can't do it anywhere. I need to do something different. And it's not mm-hmm. just a matter of like finding a different company. Then it takes more work. Like it takes Mm -hmm. those values, that values exploration. It takes understanding uh, the skills that you want to use and that you don't want to use. It takes understanding um, the lifestyle preferences that you want to take into account. And it uh, takes thinking about like the actual areas of the world that you're passionate about. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds very overwhelming and like passion is uh, a buzzword, but to make it a little bit more tangible, like what are the causes that you care about? What are the industries that you're curious about? What do you type into uh, Twitter to learn more about? What mm-hmm. are the like trending topics that get your attention and why? Yeah. So for me, when I was going through my own career pivot um, a, a couple of years ago, actually it's about like a year and a half now, I had on my list of uh, industries that I might want to pivot into uh, or my passion areas, like the future of work, because I've always been in HR, mm-hmm. uh, the future of health and uh advocating for women and girls. Like those mm-hmm. are three buckets that I'm just like super passionate about. And so what does that actually mean? What kind of companies actually fall into those right. passion areas? Um, so like the future of work could be like uh, Slack is a great example right. of the future of work. Cause it's like a tool that we use yeah. at work to make us more efficient and it's booming. Like Zoom is a great example as well. Mm-hmm. Or like other more like niche things in the HR world that people might not understand if I threw out some names. <laughs> but like the future of health, what does that mean? Does that mean like a Fitbit or a Peloton or like uh, Apple Health? Or does it mean like a 
um, here in the U.S. get something called Parsley Health, which is like a oh, functional yeah. medicine uh, practice, or or is it that like modern fertility, or like what does the future of health actually mean to me? Um, for like advocating for women and girls, what does that actually look like in terms of work to do? Does that mean um, you know working to shrink the the gender pay gap? Or does that mean uh, advocating for like women's bodily rights? Does that mean mm-hmm. for like advocating for like education across the globe? Like getting a little bit more specific about how your passion areas actually show up as types of work can help you discern like okay, I still really am passionate about that area, but I don't want to do that work every day. (laughs) And I don't want to like devote my life's work to that, but I do want to volunteer here, like here and there. I realized like I, it could be my life's work, maybe down the line to be in a space for like advocating for, for women and girls, but like, I didn't really want to work at a nonprofit and for-profit companies that I was finding either. Like I wasn't a fit for the type of roles that they needed, or like there was just something else about the organization that wasn't a huge fit for me. Mm -hmm. But there is also the opportunity to fold that in elsewhere in my life. So like mm-hmm. for my group coaching uh, experience, Pivot with Purpose, I can donate a, a percentage of proceeds from every cohort to like Equal Pay Today, which is an organization mm. that works to like shrink the, the gender pay gaps. So like I can mm-hmm. still fold that into my work, even if it's not the work. Right. Yeah, I love that. Because I think... I mean, especially in entry-level jobs and stuff, like it's okay. I think if your job isn't like super fulfilling, like every single angle of your job, but like you said, there are so many other ways like to still, you know, contribute to your values and do meaningful, Mm -hmm. empowering work. And do you think like, you know, if someone were listening to this, who's like, you know, just graduated or something, they started at a job, like what's your opinion almost from an HR perspective of like, switching jobs a lot like do you think people should just like stick out a job for a year they don't like it but it looks better to be at a job for like a year or something like what do you think about that's a good question it's such a good question first before I give my opinion on that I do want to differentiate between a perfect job and a Mm -hmm. dream job okay so yeah I love that a perfect job does not exist there is no such thing as a perfect job a dream Mm -hmm. job exists but it's not perfect a dream okay. job combines more elements of things that energize you, of things that make you feel like you are purposeful, of things that make you feel like you're in flow and you're contributing and you're like enjoying how you spend time and like what you're producing. Mm-hmm. It still involves elements that are draining, elements that can feel mm-hmm. disengaging, elements that you don't want to do. You will not find a job. <laughs> I will yeah. die on this hill. You will not find a job that is perfect and only has energizers and no drainers and no bad parts. So you mm-hmm. can find a dream job. I do not believe that you can find a perfect job, especially as we get further and further along in our 20s. So when it comes to, you know, quote unquote, sticking it out, I do believe that there's value in uh, giving something long enough time to see if it'll work, to learn, especially if you're more entry-level or earlier in career, to like take this opportunity as a learning opportunity to gain really valuable experience, really valuable, hard, tangible skills that you can bring to your next job. Um, I would be an advocate of quote unquote, sticking it out for a reason. Not just because again, like we're talking about before, not just because you're afraid of other people's opinions if you leave. Mm -hmm. If there is truly like a reason and something to be gained and learned from this experience, I would say, give it a shot, give it uh, 
enough time, like mm-hmm. actually see how, if, how you could like squeeze all of the juice out of that experience mm-hmm. before you move on. Mm-hmm. However, if it's a bad experience and you want to move on because um, the environment is toxic or there's like harassment or abuse or discrimination or gaslighting or any sort of um, inappropriate behavior, leave immediately mm-hmm. and report totally. it. So yeah. like there definitely is a difference in like yeah. what uh, is prompting you to leave, mm-hmm. to leave that environment. If it's because like, it's not safe, it's unhealthy, it's negatively impacting your mental health, leave yeah. if you can. Or yeah. if you can't immediately leave, if you don't have the luxury of just being like, I quit <laughs> and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, tell someone that you trust, definitely Mm -hmm. let someone else know that this is going on, report it either to HR or to a confidential hotline uh, in your area. And there are many of those. Um, And then B, do whatever you can to work with an external party, whether that's a recruiter, a headhunter, your parents, your professors from college, anyone to figure out like the next best step. It doesn't have to be perfect, but at Mm -hmm. least get out of that situation Mm -hmm. um, without putting yourself in like financial distress or like really jeopardizing your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so, that's so important. Cause I think sometimes we have all, all work jobs we don't like. Right. But I like what you said too, about squeezing like everything you can out of the job, which I think is such an interesting way to look at it because it's true. Like there is value, even if the job, you don't like it for whatever reason you want to leave. Like sometimes there is still some value there. Like maybe you're at a startup and you can, you know, be really hands-on in a bunch of things. Like that's, even though maybe there's frustrating parts or you're at a big company, like there's just benefits everywhere. So I think it's so important to like weigh those against Mm -hmm. what you'd be losing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I feel like there's just so much I've learned and I know everyone listening has learned. So what are like the biggest, like final, like for anyone listening, a piece of advice you can give of someone to just take control, find their dream job, like just do what's fulfilling to them. Like, what would you say? You don't want to regret not shooting your shot, Mm -hmm. right? You don't want to regret finding an opportunity that you feel like could be super fulfilling super educational, super impactful on your life and your trajectory and not going for it based Mm -hmm. on fear, based on feelings of unworthiness, based on other people's expectations. Mm -hmm. Those feelings will not last, but the regret of not going for something that could have been really awesome Mm -hmm. will last a lot longer than that. Yeah. I just want anyone listening to this to, to know to really, really know and have someone else tell you that this is true, that you are in charge of your life. Mm-hmm. My, something that I say all the time is that you are entirely up to you. Like mm-hmm. You write your story, you create your brand, you create your career, you decide what's important to you in life and then get strategic and uh, intelligent about the steps you take to go after it. Like it's mm-hmm. not gonna be easy. <laughs> the first, the easiest step is deciding what you want, but then like actually doing it Mm-hmm. It's hard work, but if yeah. you know that you're doing it for a reason, it's because it's something that you really believe in. It's something, a life that you really want for yourself mm-hmm. and it feels good to you, like deep down inside. How could you not go for it? Yeah. How could you not go for it? I love that. Wow. That's all I got. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I really, really love that. Well, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Like My this, pleasure. I just, I really think people are going to love this. And so like how can people find you? How can they work with you? Like just tell us everywhere to find you. 
Yeah. So I have a weekly newsletter called The Audacity. Um, and there I share everything on personal and professional growth. So it's job tips. It's like lessons and stories from my own life and living in multiple different cities and trying out different careers. And that is my full name, JanelleAbrahami.substack.com. I'm on Instagram at Janelle Abrahami sharing uh, tips on networking, job searching, personal branding, mindset and resiliency, all that good stuff. Uh, and I run a group coaching program called Pivot with Purpose for millennial career changers who want to clarify their dream jobs, like we we're just talking about, mm -hmm. and pivot into something that feels more intentional for them. And so I'm currently in one cohort right now, and the next cohort will start in September. So if that's something you're interested in, if you sign up for the newsletter, if you follow me, you'll definitely know when the next uh, round is starting. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you like so much for uh, having me on and chatting. I wish I could have this kind of conversation all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, this was great. I feel like I've learned so much and I know everyone listening has learned so much. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And I'll link all your stuff in the, in the episode notes and um, see you guys <laughs> Thanks, in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.